0: Are you tired of the wimpy vegetarian stereotype? Let's face it, as our guest today will point out, the same marketing gurus who convince us that the Marlboro man is a stud are the same folks who propagate the myth. That meat is man's food. But there's nothing manly about erectile dysfunction, colon cancer, heart disease, waning libidos, and a host of other ailments that come from a meat-based diet. In his new book, Meat is for Pussies, punk icon John Joseph of the band The cro provides men with an in-your-face reality check about the very unmasculine aspects of the consumption of meat. But his book is not simply about diet. Growing up a troubled child on his way to prison, Joseph argues that swearing off meat saved him from a life of violence and put him on a path of physical and spiritual awareness where he recognized the link between his actions and their impact on the lives of others and the environment. Well, 30 years off after swearing off meat, Joseph is training for the Ironman Triathlon, still rocking in insane mosh pits and competing athletically with men half his age. Well, uh, John, Joseph joins us this morning, I believe, from New York. Uh, good morning.
1: Hey, good morning, Jared. Yes, I'm in New York City.
0: Uh, melting, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it, it's hot, but, uh, you know, that's uh, the nature of the beast of this place. It, it's like uh, brick-oven pizza in the summertime, so.
0: I was there a couple of weeks ago, just before the heat wave, and uh, I, I, was, I was melting in, in 95 degrees, uh, in the shade, as they say. But, uh, anyway, we're thrilled to have you on this morning. Uh, the obvious question, you're a successful musician, you're a punk rock icon. Why write a book about meat? Meat.
1: Um, honestly, I, I, you know, I've been, you know, because I got in touch with the real healthy aspect of uh, veganism, which was raw foods and the nutritional side of it, because I am athletic and I got to the whole raw foods thing. And I've always been giving people, you know, advice and pointing them to people that could help them with whatever... Uh, medical ailments they had, and I'm like, dude, it's it's due to what you're eating, and I would point them in the right direction, or maybe it was a woman, you know, whatever, and they kept saying, you know, you have so much uh, information, you're like, you know, you've been doing this so long, you should put together a book, and, you know, I had written my, the memoir, The Evolution of a Cro-Magnon, and I'm working on, you know, writing a screenplay for that, and I just didn't really see the, you know, the time for it, but then, you, you know, my mother's boyfriend died of cancer, I, my uncle's got cancer, as I was writing the book, people around, you know, even before I was writing the book, just people around me just kept getting sick and diabetes and cancer and dying, and I'm like, this has got to stop, like, You know, yeah, that's why it was so important for me to get Fred Bichie to write the forward because he's, you know, he's been doing this for 50 years and he has a Ph.D. in nutritional science. And, you know, uh, working together with him and these other other individuals, I was just like, even if it's a resource manual for people to really find out what's being done to the food, who's benefiting off of you getting sick and the rest of it, you know, it just got me really pissed off that people are actually capitalizing and becoming billionaires off the fact that we are getting sick and dying. And it was really, the tone of the book is really, you know, that type of a tone as well. There's, there's a, you know, there's a lot of aggro, punk rock aggro in there, so...
0: Well, like let's that. let's explore that for a second, because um, and I mean this in the in the nicest way, but the the title of your book is a bit of a misnomer because uh, while I just asked why write a book about meat, your book really connects a lot of dots and draws connections between uh, you know the consumption of meat and the uh, big pharma, you know the pharmaceutical industry and. Um, you know, those who make money off of, you know, self-help books and uh, diets and so forth. So um, what exactly uh, was your goal in, in writing the book? Was it simply to get people off meat or was it to, to get people to really look at um, their, their lifestyle in terms of health and spiritual awareness and so forth?
1: I mean I think it's all I think it's all of the above but we needed for instance the title came about because I was training my you know I, my friends uh they're fighters and you know I was working with uh this kickboxer guy and you know I, we were sitting down afterwards the title "Meters of pussies wasn't even going to be the title of the book and I was telling him about superfoods and chlorella and maca and all this stuff and telling him like you know listen, you know, this is what, you know, E3 Live, you need to take these foods. This is what gives you the extra endurance. And so some big meathead, you know, dude, weightlifter, you know, wearing tiger stripes, sweatpants from the friggin' 80s, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, every vegetarian looks like a pussy. And I was like, that's the mentality of these people. They've been taught this lie that somehow or other, if you eat meat, it makes you macho, and you need, you know, the first thing is, where do you get your protein? So it was actually the idea of my publisher, dude, he's like, you got to throw it back in their face. No, vegetarians ain't pussies, meat, meat, you know, meat is for pussies. And, what, you know, the title is definitely, it's, it's an attention grabber, it's either people love it or they want to try to fight me. And I think, you know, like I keep, like I say, the, the end justifies the means if it creates a debate about what's happening in this country and around the world now with Codex Alimentarius and all this other stuff going into play from the same people who are running, you know, the economies and, and, and the banking systems. It's it's all tied in together, you know. But the, the real point that, uh, you know, that I'm trying to make is what it's saying is you know, yes, it may look, if you don't read between the lines, like I'm calling you a pussy if you eat meat. That's really not the case with the information in the book. What the book is saying is if you keep living this lifestyle, sitting in front of your TV playing comp- and eating this GMO food and this meat and this dairy and all this poisonous stuff, you are going to become a pussy dependent upon the drug companies to keep you alive. And that's, they've come out blatantly and said, they they see us as nothing more than a revenue source from the moment we're born to the moment we die. That's what we are to these drug companies. So, you know, basically that was the tone that I took in the book to, to create a dialogue about the whole thing.
0: If you're just joining us, we're speaking to uh, John Joseph, the uh, frontman of the band The cro and author of, uh, among other works, uh, Meat is for Pussies. Just to comment on that title, uh, you know, it's so sad, I think, that, that irony has been lost in the, uh, the 21st century, but uh, I will... Uh, I will tell you one little anecdote. Uh, I actually, I was in New York. I mentioned a few weeks ago, and uh, I picked up a copy of the book uh, in New York. And I was writing. Uh, I was staying in Jersey, so I was riding the uh, the PATH train or the New Jersey Transit back uh, to my family where I was staying. And uh, an Orthodox uh, Jew was sitting next to me and, and saw the title of the book and, and asked. Uh, what the book was about, and when when I mentioned it, we ended up having the entire ride talking about a raw diet and I would have never guessed that this gentleman knew everything about quinoa and uh you know all the different types of uh um, dietary needs and uh we wouldn't have had such an interesting conversation had it not been for such a, a eye catching or or in your face title and it's also sad that that it, you know, the, the irony is lost. I think anyone who reads your book will figure out that uh, the title is not meant to denigrate women any more than, say, Rory Friedman's skinny bitch is meant to call all women bitches.
1: Exactly. And I'm friends with Rory, and it's like the same thing happened to her. All, You know, that's the problem is, I mean, I grew up in the 70s where you, you take a show like all in the family okay now to the average person because i love comedy there was so much to be said in uh... archie bunkers blind racism he was blind to it that was his blind obsession but shows like that they they made so many political statements by having a show like that. But you know what? Now everybody's so politically correct and like all this crap that a show like that could never get on TV now. Never. The Jeffersons, all of these shows could never get on TV now because everybody is so, you know, scared to, to, to say anything that's controversial anymore. And you know the the you know the thing with me is like I had all the vegan feminist Chloe who runs girly girl army she's very good friends with Rory Friedman too, and they they just making women aware of what's going on you know what with these foods they're eating. She told me the same thing she said. Listen, the minute your book comes out, get ready cuz the vegan feminazis are going to come after you. And you know what? They certainly did. Yeah. They Cuz Chloe put uh, she put a post, you know, she did a whole article on the book saying the most controversial book of the summer. And then all of them came on, "How dare you? I'm I'm discontinuing advertising on your site." You're, you know, they all came after her. And then you know what? I Chloe said, "Listen, these people are all saying all this stuff, you got to respond. You know what I did? I posted on my Facebook page, I said, listen, all you, everybody who's a friend of mine, if you want to respond to this thing, and you know, most of the women that slammed those women, most of the people that slammed the women who were slamming the title of my book were all women. And they're like, look, whatever saves lives, if it's going to... Create a dialogue, like I said, about what's going on in this country. Then you know what I'm all for it and and loosen up. What the hell, you know? It's like it's a New York term, so it's like
0: well, and it's just sad that uh, I mean I have seen some, and, and I don't want to to spend too much time on the title because if people have yeah. have lost all sense of irony, then they're just not they're not going to get it in in the the time we have. But um, there were a couple of blogs that that I had seen where. Clearly, the reviewers hadn't even opened up the book. They were simply commenting on the use of a title. Well, we could take a look at, uh, you know, Randall Kennedy, a a noted African-American scholar who who wrote a a book, and and the title of the book was, you know, I'll say the N-word, but it was that title. And without anyone even understanding the context of it, they would think that it's a, you know, it's a right-wing or, you know, Aryan nation kind of of title. So, uh, you know... Pick up the book, read it, get a sense that uh, you know what uh, what people are doing is throwing a term back at uh, the very fools that that uh, that use it. So, well, let's move it's on time. so we could get to the content of the book, lest anyone uh, be confused about the title. Um,
1: take hey, us- and just one, one little final note. That's exactly where it came from. It threw it back in the face of the people who have been saying that, because in my daily vocabulary, I never call anybody a pussy. So that let's just get that straight. That that's where that – we won't spend any more time on the title, but I I don't walk around calling people pussies. They walk around calling other people pussies, and that's why it was thrown back
0: in their face. So. Fair enough, and, and I'm glad we got that uh, out of the way. So let's let's go through some of the. Um, I'll, I'll throw the word gendered because I think you you do a good job of showing that they are gendered stereotypes um, about meat consumption. So take us through some of the stereotypes, and then very very uh, uh, succinctly, as you do in your book, dispel these myths.
1: Um, I'm I'm not really grabbing. Uh well what what, saying, well,
0: so. what what are some of the myths about uh meat consumption? That uh it's the sole source of uh protein, that real men don't eat quiche, you know, all the things that you kind of introduce oh, yeah. in, and then and like,
1: then you, you know, like like not to cut you off, but that's that's the first thing Someone looks at me and, you know, I mean, I'm I'm athletic. And the first thing they say when they hear that, I am, you know, vegan or whatever. They're like, you know, where do you, where do you get your protein? It's the first question. And that protein myth has been put out there by the meat industry and the dairy industry. And, like, you know, it, it's like, you know, first of all, they know absolutely nothing about the science of nutrition. I mean, if you read Brendan Brazier's book, Thrive's Diet, or any of these other books it's like you understand the aspects of what real uh, nutrition is and the funny thing is the same people that ask me that question I'm like all right dude what did you eat last night the night you know you want to talk about needing vitamins well don't you feel you you're missing vitamins that's the next thing they say I'm like dude you ate you ate freaking hungry man turkey uh, <laughs> freaking the last 3 nights in a row I, I told them, I said, one of my meal, one of my daily, um, what I ate in one day has more nutrition than what you ate in an entire week. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do, I juice, I do superfoods, I do whole foods, I don't eat any processed food. I mean, and it's this whole thing, and they tell, the minute a girl You know, the problem with a lot of the vegan diets is it's all junk food. So, you know, they think just because a ring ding or whatever the hell is is vegan that it's good for you. That's bull crap because the latest studies of guys that have been, people that have been vegan in over 20 years now, they're getting type 2 diabetes and all these other problems that all the other people are eating because they eat deep fried tofu balls with sugar uh, sauce on it at your local Chinese vegetarian place. You know, so I'm not talking about that kind of vegan diet. I'm talking about uh, a clean, uh, you know, and I hate even honestly using the V word vegan because there's been so many knuckleheads that have been such self-righteous douches that have given the whole, you know, animal rights movement and everything just this bad name. I'm not really referring to them, but, uh, you know, I'm saying, you know, if, if people want to ask, the, and and then they tell these girls, you know, as soon as they get a little, uh, if they get uh, iron deficiency or anemic, oh, you have to go back to eating meat. No, what about going back and and you know eating foods that do have iron and using it in association with an ascorbic acid, a, a vitamin C, so the iron's absorbed in the body. See, the doctors don't. My friend made a good point yesterday. He said that the doctors are the same ones who have a vested interest in the stocks, of, because they own stocks in those drug companies, so they have a vested interest in telling you, you know, to get to get back on drugs or take this or take that, but, you know, the whole thing of the whole stereotype is, you know, only guys that sit down and eat, like, you know, three pounds of freaking steaks uh, after a workout can... can you know, get the proper protein levels, and I'm like, everything has protein. You know, a pound of broccoli has 16 grams of protein. Kale has protein. So it's, you know, you have to look behind who's doing the advertisement. If you believe everything that you see on TV, then you need to have your head examined because, uh, you know, mainstream media commercials and the TV and the advertisement is all controlled. Even the studies that are done by the dairy, the meat, the fish, the egg industry, it's all done by people that they've paid off. So how are you ever going to find out the truth? You find out the truth by turning your freaking TV off and really getting down and studying to what's really going on. And I travel all over the world, and i got to tell you, America needs to get bitch-slapped to wake up, because we are the fattest, obese, laziest. I'm traveling through all these airports, and then I'm seeing people, you know, eating a, a Sparrow pizza with salami on top of it, and, and the guy's sitting there, you know, eating an entire pizza. And it's like...
0: With a Diet Coke, thinking that that's going to make a difference.
1: Yeah, I mean, even the other day, I come out of the hotel. I was working out at the hotel, and the guy sitting there, works out for 45 minutes, sweats. What's the first thing he does when he walks out? He goes and gets, oddly enough, the placement of the soda and and junk food machine was right outside of the gym of the hotel. So it's like, that's what they're telling you. Uh, When you walk out of the gym, if you need some uh, uh, nourishment, eat this. You know, why are they putting it right outside? They know people are going to be hungry when they walk out of, you know, out of the gym, and then the guy's stuffing his face with chips and soda and everything else. Well, guess what? You just canceled out your whole workout. So if you were, you know, that's the whole thing is I'm turning 48 in October. I wouldn't be able to still do what I'm doing had I not, you know, got off drugs, you know, stayed away from drugs, don't drink, don't smoke. And, you know, I look for my enjoyment in the higher realms of, you know, higher consciousness, to to be frank. You know, I mean, drugs, alcohol, and all those things, they're in the mode of ignorance because, you know, with the meat and all this other stuff, I don't judge people that do it. It's just not for me because I'm not, you know, intoxication, the root word is toxic, so why would you? put anything toxic into your body thinking that that's going to produce some good result, whether it's meat with all the drugs or heroin or coke or, you know, even all these beer commercials and all this other stuff. They make it seem like life is such a great thing with alcohol, and they put all these models and everybody's... Why don't you really show the truth in the advertisement of what happens to to people that... You know, this is an addictive culture that we're producing in this country. You know, they want us to become addicted to their products. That's what they want. They don't want the casual user. They don't make money off the casual user. They make money off of you getting addicted to their product, and that's what they want. That's why Morgan Spurlock, my friend, proved and supersize me, that they put additives that keep you coming back for more and craving that crap that they're putting out there.
0: Hmm. You know, so... We're speaking with John Joseph, the author of Meat is for Pussies. We're uh, dispelling the myths that uh, real men eat meat. Uh, One of the things I like about the book is that you do, kind of as you just mentioned, you you mention that, uh, you know, there's... You give a comparison of, you know... Um, the amount of protein in one pound of beef um, there's or there's i don 't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, you say that there 's um, the equivalent of one pound of the amount of protein in one pound of beef is you get you know ten times as much or whatever in the same amount of broccoli and and uh, so on and so forth and it 's a really great um, juxtaposition for people who think that you could only get protein in uh, beef or you could only get calcium. The only place to get calcium is in, uh, you know, cow's milk with uh, with all of the um, GMOs and bovine growth and, and so forth. So it's really great that uh, the book kind of just goes one by one and, and dispels these myths. Let me just throw a couple more at you and tell us what's wrong with these assumptions. Um, people who men who eat meat are more virile
1: well that, that's total BS because if, if if you know let's face it what 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 is <laughs> the penis has a huge vein flowing through it the blood flows in your blood your penis fills up with blood that's called an erection now if you sit there and have arteriosclerosis because you're eating fatty foods and meat and all this other crap that's why I even listed that Com- that uh that commercial that came on about erectile dysfunction and diet in the book because really erectile dysfunction is a direct result of what you're eating that the foods you're eating are blocking the flow of blood to the main vein <laughs> and that, I mean I, I that's why I said if I can't convince you with the big head to give up this poisonous food maybe with your small ahead I can I can get through to you, because let's face it, everything in advertising—they're not stupid. Everything in this whole material world to sell you something is around sex. Get this, get that, get this—you'll get the—you'll get the sex, you'll get the girl. But you know what? What's what's the sense of having all of that if you can't even, you know, when it comes down to right. it. You, even perform, you got to take some next drug that they're giving you to get a, a heart on. Well, well and you know what? I've talked to people like, you know, Jack Lalane and, and, and Fred Bishi and all these guys that are in their 80s, and they're still performing, you know, sexually. I don't think that, you know, it's meant to be like that's the sum total of what life is all about. But it's part of it, and you know what? If you keep eating these poisonous foods, you're going to have problems. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when.
0: And there's certainly, as as your book points out, I mean, I, I love the fact that you really make the consumption of, of meat unsexy. I mean, we could talk about anything about bowel movements to the fact that meat is... Uh, sitting in your colon for a lot longer than vegetables because uh, it takes longer to break down and and so on and so forth. But uh, I'll let listeners pick up the book and uh, read about all of that because it's it's really great how you do tear down those um, those stereotypes. You know, just getting back to something you had said earlier about uh, You know, when people say, well, where do you get your vitamins? You look at the typical, and you pointed out, you look at the typical American diet, and it's uh, certainly vitamin deficient. You know, I teach. That's my my regular gig, and uh, I teach at a university. And I go out of my way to let students know about, um, you know, I do use the V word, but I try to let them know that uh, there's nothing wrong with with, uh, being vegan. And if I'm eating something uh, in between classes, like, you know, one of the Raw Revolution bars or something of that nature, they often say well, well what 's in that? Do you even know what 's in that?" And I go over to their desk and I pick up their uh, their can of mountain dew or one of these uh, so called energy drinks, and I read just the first five ingredients and I say well what 's in that right, right. because I, 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 I know what flaxseed is, and I know what what soy is and I know so there, there yes. does seem to be you know this disconnect one of the things I love about your book is you know you talk about all these other areas of our lives where we do research and we train and it becomes part of our, you know, people do so much research about weightlifting and which, you know, which regimens and which this and that, or people do so much research about, you know, uh, if if their hobby is cars, you know, fixing up, uh, you know, vintage cars or whatnot. But the most vital aspect, what we put in our bodies, we have no knowledge of and we just Ignore and I think your book, if anything, does such a great job of uh, getting people. And yes, it it is a book that's more geared for men than women. But by all means, I mean I've read Skinny Bitch and Skinny Bastard, and so I think anybody will find Meat is for Pussies uh, entertaining, informative, and uh, you know certainly humorous. Um, you really do a good job of, of getting people to wake up, whether it's putting the, the pharmaceuticals into their body, whether it's drugs and alcohol or right. animal products.
1: Well, thank you. That that was my goal with it because, as I said, and you made a great point, anything, whether it's martial arts, whether it's uh, auto mechanics, whether it's music, people go in and research it and, and study it and become so involved in it. But yet, they will not pay the same, even one-tenth of the amount of attention and research to what they're putting in their bodies. They just turn, and you know what? That's by design. That's by design because there is definitely a, cons- a food conspiracy going on in this country to keep people ignorant of what's being done to them. As I said in the book, that's why when Howard Lyman, who wrote The Mad Cowboy, came on Oprah and just dropped the huge bombshell on what these cattle producers are feeding to the cows... Crap hit the fan and they sued the hell out of Oprah because I'm telling you people in this country, you need to wake up. There's a reason all of these diseases are becoming rampant and just controlling our entire lives. There are people that are making billions, trillions of dollars off of you, remaining ignorant to what the facts are. And they put out, not only do they try to keep you ignorant, they put out misinformation, all the attacks against soy and all this other stuff. It's like, who's doing that? Who do you think is doing that? People have been eating soy in China for tens and thousands of years and never had a problem. And the reason That there is such a problem with soy and all these other things is if you eat GMO soy, if you eat GMO corn, or, you know, some people do have allergies, but the reason all of these allergies are taking over in the last 20 years, food allergies, is because of the GMOs. Why are the GMO companies like Monsanto fighting against uh, labeling? Labeling that a product is genetically modified. Don't you think we have a right as Americans to know what the we're eating
0: sure and fortunately
1: and and these companies you have to find out about codex alimentarius what's going on it's backed by the gmo companies like monsanto and the rest of them uh... you know and the drug companies they want to destroy now all the knowledge is coming out that food is the real medicine well you know what they make no money off of that so they're going to destroy Natural foods. If you watch the world according to Monsanto, and another documentary that's almost done being, um, you know, uh, finished editing called "What What What in the World Are They Spraying?" How now Monsanto and these other companies, the chemtrails? It's full of aluminum and other stuff that gets into the soil, and after months and years of it getting in the soil, it stops non-GMO organic seeds from germinating. So now, Monsanto's coming out with aluminum-resistant seeds. Well, how nice. So that they control everything that's grown on the planet. They want to control, these GMO companies, all of the food from seed to table. This is what they're trying to do. And and these foods are untested. No one, you see what's going on with the diseases and the allergies and all this other stuff. Basically, if you watch, forget Food ink was only the friggin' tip of the spear. Go watch The Future of Food. How the largest biological experiment ever conducted on mankind is happening right now, and they're not even telling anybody. So if you really want to get pissed off, You know, and and pissed off, you know, I've lost friends, I've lost relatives, I've lost a lot of people to cancer and disease, and that made me really start to research in the last 10 years. I always knew it was messed up what was going on, but really do an in-depth study and analysis and talk to the experts. Like from the National Health Federation, I met Enrico Melson. We had a big talk in Angelica Kitchen in New York. I mean, these are not – they're making it seem like these are wacko conspiracy theorists and all this crap. It's not. That's what they want you to think. They want you to believe that, oh, yeah, they're just wackos. But, you know, what is – what is uh, Donald Rumsfeld doing. I mean, if you read the whole aspartame scam of how it got put, the most toxic, one of the most toxic substances was put into as a sugar replacement. It and it, like you said, Mountain Dew. It's in all those drink, drinks. It's in all those all those candy bars and all this stuff. And how the hell did he get that into the food supply? Well, he bought off a judge, who in turn, you know, it, it's all these guys are scratching each other's back and patting each other's pocket. And when Obama's new health care uh, passed, the funny thing was, I went and saw online what stock surged after that thing was passed. And do you know whose stock surged? All the pharmaceutical companies.
0: Sure, absolutely. Well, okay. In, uh, and it's it's great.
1: Past, on that the- note. Uh, why is he If he's for the people and all this stuff, why did he appoint Michael Taylor, the 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 exe- the executive of Monsanto, to be the new position of the Food Safety czar of America? Michael Taylor, the the scum of the earth from Monsanto, is protecting our food. Are you joking?
0: And we so, have covered uh, GMOs on this show in the past, uh, Jeffrey Smith's Seeds Deception and other books. So, uh, well, sir- see-
1: amazing.
0: Yes, so certainly uh, do pick up uh, Meet for Pussies for uh, just for all of this information. I mean, again, there are resources, there are uh, recipes and so forth. Well, in the couple minutes we have left, uh, if listeners out there are convinced and they want to get started making a change, what recommendations would you have to to get started? Certainly it, it doesn't happen overnight. So what should be some of the first steps?
1: Little, little steps, and the little steps that I talk about is start to replace the poisonous meals that you're eating, especially, you know, the meals in the morning. Start to replace the poisonous meals with healthy alternatives and start exercising but really wake up your mind wake up your mind and pay attention because there's some very very huge things going on behind the curtain that once you start paying attention to and your spiritual consciousness awakens, these dead foodstuffs and all this stuff is designed to just dumb you down and keep you stupid because then you're just a cog in the machine and that's what they want. They don't want free thought. That's why they're killing the arts in America. But start replacing little by little the poisonous foods with organic natural alternatives. Uh, and, you know, to me, I say once we stop the slaughterhouses and all—you know—the big, the thing that cracks me up is—is is this whole thing in the Gulf and the fishermen and all. That. It's like the studies have been in for the last ten years. They're overfishing the waters and destroying the 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 uh, Great Barrier Reefs and all this other stuff because of overfishing. So it's like, let's really pay attention if we want to save the planet and leave it for the next generations better. You know, we we should always leave a place better than we found it. And, you know, simply, it always talks about going green, green cars, green this, green that. Well, you know what? The biggest polluters on this planet are the meat, fish, dairy industries. So let's start paying attention. Little by little, you make the changes. Don't think you could do all this overnight because I've been doing it for 30 years. But... Now, it's a lot easier. When I started out, I used to have to travel with the bad brains who I worked for with a pot with bags of rice, beans, and go buy vegetables so we could cook. And someone stove every day on the road. You go anywhere you travel, you go to happycow.com, put in the city, and there's... You you have to travel and be green on the road and all of this stuff and start to save your children's lives. You don't need to put them on all this medication, uh, behavioral problem, meds and all this stuff. But little by little, that's why I say... And I know it's a shameless plug for the book, but my book is the resource manual to put you in touch with Brendan Brazier's Thrive. Which if you know someone who's sick, you can go to Fred Bichie's website. He's cured 35,000 people all over the world through raw and natural foods. So the the sources are there for you to not only research, uh, you know, places to, to check out alternative health, but also... The resource, uh, everything's sourced, like you said. So you know, it's not speculation what I put in the book. It's fact.
0: And and and, and I think you know, know a great point, you know, about baby steps. I mean, one of the things that, uh, you know, uh, th- this show is, is dedicated to activism, and one of the things that uh, I really try to emphasize is that, you know, activism, or whatever we want to call it, making a life change or, or self-improvement, um, should never be about sacrifice. You know, people always say, "Well, you have to give up this, you have to give up that." No one who uh, who cares about the environment thinks we're just all suddenly going to give up automobiles overnight. But we recognize yeah. that we're probably going to. Okay, well, what if I ride my bike instead of using a car one day a week, or what if I walk to the corner to get soy milk one day a week rather than driving, and or you know, how about one day a week I put almond milk in my my uh, my food rather than than you know regular milk. Um, You know, I always joke that it was uh, the Catholic schoolgirls with their strict regimen that are the first ones that start smoking in the restroom, right? Because anything that's so overwhelming is going to seem to be not worth it. So uh, your book definitely, go ahead.
1: And one last point that I want to make, We're all, we went over to Iraq and we, we went into these countries and spent billions of dollars looking for WMD's weapons of mass destruction. Well, you know what? All we got to do is walk into our kitchen because that's where the real weapons of mass destruction are. Open up your refrigerator. That's what's destroying you, killing you, and killing the environment and killing the planet. You don't need to go any further than your refrigerator, because they didn't find nothing in Iraq. That was all bullcrap. It's all sitting in your refrigerator.
0: The book is Meat is for Pussies by John Joseph. It is uh, a great resource. It's an easy read, but you'll definitely want to have a highlighter there. Um, it's everything you need to know to uh, make a uh, meaningful life change and uh, save the planet and uh, be more humane to other living things as well. So, John Joseph, I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning uh, on Justice or Just Us. And where thank could where could people where could people go for more information about the book?
1: Uh, www Meat is dot org, and if you want to check out my first book, which we're writing the screenplay for now, it's uh, got picked up for a movie. It's www.punkhouse.org, uh, The Evolution of a Crow Magnon. You know, I'm, and that's what you'll see. Like I said, I did. You know, time in jail. I came from the streets. I'm not some, like, granola-eating Birkenstock-wearing hippie that's telling you this stuff. Which is
0: okay, too, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love those guys, man. I love those guys. But, you know, you can't hit people with a flower no more. You got to hit them with a bat to wake them up. That's what's up. So that's what I do, in meat is for pussies.
0: <laughs> and we thank you so much. i got to tell you that uh, I've received tons of emails from all types of people, thrilled that I was having you on the program, people who are the granola-crunching, uh, tree-hugging, Birkenstock-wearing vegans, people who uh, love your music and uh, read your first book and simply wanted to find out more about vegan diet. So I really think uh, your book's already doing what uh, you set out, which is to really bridge these... Uh, you know, these cultural gaps. So thank you so much, and I hope we could have you back on soon.
1: And hey, man, I love my Birkenstock wearing hippie brothers and sisters, too, just so you know. Of course,
0: of course. All right, thank you so much, and uh, I hope we could have you on again soon.
1: No worries, brother. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: And uh, we'll be back to wrap up in just one moment. This is KUCI's Justice or Just Us.